was ten years old when my parents died aboard the Hindenburg. And I'm 20 now, so do the math. Good morning, Sweet World! And welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, February 7th. All-Star Weekend just one week away. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Millis. Good morning, everybody. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey yo, hey yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, is J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Thanks so much for joining us here on a Friday. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook. At facebook.com slash no dunks inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Email us your NBA questions and comments to no dunks at theathletic.com. And don't forget to grab your official no dunks merch at nodunks.com. All right, on today's drop, lots to talk about. We're going to discuss the Sixers' disappointing loss on Thursday night and their disappointing season so far. We'll get to the biggest surprise and takeaways from last night's all star game draft. Team Giannis and Team LeBron have been constructed. We got Worst of the Week, we got Pun Gun, we got so much more. But first, just wanted to put a little button on the very busy NBA trade deadline. We did our trade deadline grades special podcast late Thursday night. So if you haven't caught that one yet, go ahead, download and listen to that one. We dropped it on Thursday where we went through all the big deals and put a grade on each team involved in that particular deal. But I wanted to ask you guys, now that you've had a little time to digest it all, who was your biggest winner from the trade deadline? Be it a team, a player, wherever you want. Biggest winner. What do you got? I'll start with the Atlanta Hawks because I think they didn't overdo it. They they set themselves some guidelines, and they didn't go crazy. They got Clint Capella, good starting center, cost-controlled for years. They didn't overpay him. A decent backup center in Dwayne Dedman. And a third-line center in Scala BCR. <laughs> How many centers do you need? But the thing that they didn't overdo, they didn't go for the center in Andre Drummond that they would somehow fall in love with and overpay. He may be the biggest name, the biggest center on the on the trade market. He, he probably was. Stephen Adams was there. But Andre Drummond, you could fall in love with, I guess. He's a two-time All-Star, but they just didn't overdo it. They just spent the right amount of money, got cost certainty, and they're waiting for their young guys to develop around Clint Capella now you know it is about Trey Young it is about John Collins and Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish and down the line so I think they just didn't go nuts and all they gave up was Evan Turner Alex Len Jabari Parker and Brooklyn's first round pick that's it it's nothing extraordinary it's nothing that anyone's gonna salivate over but it was smart yeah it's tough to disagree with that yep um you know, it, you're, they could have gone all in. It wouldn't have taken much, as we saw, to probably get an Andre Drummond, but they didn't want to have to worry about being the one to pay Andre Drummond. And like you said, Capella, uh, that's a nice contract. No mm-hmm. matter what you really think about him in today's game, you're not locking up your books there with him on that deal. So that's a, I'm with you with that. The Hawks are just not going overboard, playing it slow. And then when you think about it, it's like about 17 mil for Capella, about 13 mil for Dwayne Dedman. That equals one Andre Drummond, basically. So I think you would rather have those three guys, or those two guys for the next three seasons than having to pay right. Andre Drummond the same amount for the next three seasons. Let's just hope that Capella can get on the court soon for the Hawks, give him a little bit of defensive presence, and he's going to be an incredible role man for Trey Young. We're going to see that high screen and roll even more so than we have been lately Uh, and I guess he'll probably be trading between doing it with John Collins doing it with Clint Capella so 
Collins' jumper is going to be an important part of the puzzle now for the Hawks. Is he going to be a reliable shooter, or is he going to be a guy that makes 35% on wide-open shots, or right. is it going to be somebody you fear a little bit and you actually have to jump at? That's uh, going to be something that the Hawks will have to track. And will we see whether or not Dwayne Dedman can only hit threes here in Atlanta? Mm. Is, is that seems to be the case. This is the only place in the world where he can knock him down with some consistency. Couldn't do it in Sacramento. We'll see if he can uh, get back to his format what, what, his prior time with the Hawks. Earlier in the season, we saw Trey Young was apparently upset with the front office in uh, Atlanta because they were, the losses were starting to pile up. Now, they haven't gone out there and reshaped the entire franchise. They've got a couple of nice little picks, but also sort of showing Trey Young, hey, you know, we believe in our draft structure as well. You know, they've got some good young guys in Reddish and DeAndre Hunter and Kevin Huerta. So, you know, those guys are coming along, but they're not quite ready yet. So they're sort of saying to Trey, listen, we're getting you a little bit of help in the short term, but we're also playing the long game yeah. here. We're, we're, yeah. we're not really ready to contend just yet. But if all these other pieces come together and we've shown that we've drafted pretty well, you should expect to see improvements over the next couple of seasons as, as you get better and uh, and as these guys develop together. So I, I didn't know Marcelo Huertas was back in the league. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love saying Kevin Huerta. Uh, <laughs> and, and I know people uh, look at the Dwayne Devin contract and, and they're like, why why would they do that? Why would they acquire it? The Sacramento Kings just signed him and traded him just like they did with Trevor Reza. But it really is only guaranteed next year and then they can just they could let him go. So it's not it's it's one year. Yeah. So it's not it's not bad even though traded the math there capella plus deadman is fine the worrisome part is how does collins fit because he was his pick and roll partner was trey young's pick and roll partner so tbd hawks get the uh winner of the trade deadline from task trey what about you winner same trade but my winner is the houston rockets because they are all in on small in all in on Smallin. They're balling Smallin. they were calling it micro ball on the ding today and i just think it's cool to see a team kind of look at what they have and you know with Mike D'Antoni he was criticized in LA for trying to play fast with Pau Gasol and that didn't make any sense and you can see that things have changed now because he he's basically saying our best players are all tiny guys so get the people who can't shoot out of here we can only have one non-shooter on the court and now that's Russell Westbrook that's pretty crazy he, the team is essentially built around Russell Westbrook now yeah, I mean, because Harden, yeah. Harden is going to do the same thing regardless. He's going to be iso ball. They're going to get the switches on the pick and roll and then try and get to the hoop. But now you're just making it so Westbrook is the only non-shooter on the team. And it worked well last night. And, you know, it's just it's just fun to watch because I feel like Maury and D'Antoni are like, this might be our last year anyways. Let's see if this thing yeah. works. And there are definitely teams that it'll be a problem against come playoff time. But... For the regular season, I think it's going to be successful because this is a different-looking team than every other team you're going to see from night to night. Once you get into a playoff series, it's the same team seven times. That's when you get figured out. But for the next 30 games, I think they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, we'll get to that Rockets-Lakers game from last night. You know, so far, so good with Covington in the mix. Hit some big shots. But uh, you said microball, the ding was calling it. Obviously, a lot of people just going with the simple super small ball. I saw the dream shake suggest... Pocket Rockets, <laughs> which I really, really okay, like. Okay, I love it. Um, and, I, <laughs> and I was in the shower this morning, and I was thinking, Pocket Rockets is pretty funny. And then I was like, well, is there something off of D'Antoni's seven seconds or less that we could do with the Rockets? So I did the math quickly. I could be wrong, but what about 79 inches or less? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Six, seven, and under? I think the math checks out. But uh, I love Pocket Rockets. I saw the Dream Shake had that first, and Twitter was going nuts with that. But, uh, yeah, the Rockets uh, leaning all in. To, to whatever sure. you want to call the uh, super small ball. It's fun. Skill it's different. Ball. I saw skill ball from our friend Dave DeFore. It's just, hey, the, our best guys. <laughs> skill <And> ball. <laughs> yeah. He, I guess he, that's what he wants to do. That's what 
Mikey D wants to do, and they're just trying to <laughs> maximize Russell Westbrook. That's really yeah, what it is. Yeah. Talked about the last couple of years, how he went out with a whimper in the playoffs. How is Russell Westbrook going to get better? Well, he said he was going to shoot better going into the offseason. That's one way. That hasn't worked. The other way, scoring inside. So they've opened it up, and so he's just one-on-one inside. And so far, so good. It really is just <laughs> trying to make Russell Westbrook a better player. And uh, th- those are the only ways, plus resting, which, th- which they're also doing to make him uh, a better player in the playoffs. That's the hope. All right, Lee, who you got? I'm going with the New York Knicks, uh, a team that has been a bit of a uh, joke the last couple of years, but I think they actually got this deadline right. I really do, because Marcus Morris wasn't really a part of the future. I know there was talk that they were saying, hey, we want to re-sign him. I think it was probably more to say, we're not giving away for nothing. And in the end, they get a late first-round pick from the Clippers this season. So, you know, that'll fall somewhere, 24, 25, somewhere around there probably. They get a pick swap for next season, and they get a second rounder as well from the uh, Clippers in this. So I think considering where you are with the Knicks, you've got a couple of draft assets here. And really for a guy who, you know, like I say, likely wasn't going to be there for much longer, they usually get these things wrong, the Knicks. And they didn't yesterday. I think they decided, sure, why not? Let's uh, let's cash in what we can here and get something. Again, it's not a, an unprotected first or anything like that. It's not going to be the top three pick. But this is what smart teams do is they just acquire these assets and whether or not you want to parlay that into something else down the road, at least you have that power to control it now. You look at what Danny Ainge has done over the years, what uh, Sam, uh, Sam Hinkie did in Philadelphia, what Sam Presti's doing in OKC. You don't necessarily have to hold on to all these picks, but it's good to have them, to have that option to give yourself an opportunity down right, the road. Right, and during free agency, they obviously struck out on Kevin Durant. They struck out on Kyrie Irving. <laughs> they struck out on all the big names, and then they panicked and signed a bunch of power forwards, yeah. Marcus Morris being one of them, but to at least short-term deals that maybe you could then flip some of these guys in the next couple of years for picks or for young talent. Yeah. So they got one of them done. And remember, they okay, fired their good. president 48 hours before the deadline as well. So yeah. it, it was like, oh, this is a classic. What the hell are they doing? Yeah. But it turned out, I think, if you're a Knicks fan, you're like, we may as well, we may as well have those, these assets rather than a player who's just going to put up decent numbers for us on a meaningless season. Right. Knicks get a winner from their uh, Lili. You're back on the bandwagon. Yeah, congratulations on getting back on the payroll. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, up there soon. Try well, possibly, possibly, tickets. yeah, possibly uh, later in the year. So I just want to, you know. Pretty suspicious that yeah. one of the worst teams in the league trades their best player and you call him a winner. I don't know. <laughs> in that Leon Rose pocket, too, I see. Yes, hmm. yes. Worldwide Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give a uh, winner of the trade deadline to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay, and here is why. D'Angelo Russell is a life preserver. For a lot of people in that organization. Everyone for, escaping Wiggins Island? <laughs> well, from the front office, I mean, he's a life preserver because they wanted this guy for like six months. So they got their guy. I mean, did you even see like the tweets the Wolves were sharing over the last 24 hours or so here? Like, it's like they had been planning this because there was one that was literally like a, a minute long video of Wolves fans tweeting in, hey, get D'Lo, we need D'Lo, all this. And it's like loading bar. To the point where they then get him. Like, we got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. And, of course, they've got all these photos of Towns showing Russell's jersey. So they're pumped. So they got their guy. Towns looking at a phone, you know, in, in essence, seeing the news and <laughs> smiling. Oh, yeah. Very funny stuff. Okay. He's a – Russell, in theory, is a life preserver for Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, the guy has lost 17 consecutive games that he's played in. He hasn't won forever. He needs a friend more than anything right now. <laughs> he needs talent and a friend, and it turns out Russell's both of them to him. And then for Minnesota fans, and I said this on our Trade Deadline Grades podcast last night, 
this is, uh, you know, he is some hope. That's what he is. Whether or not it's going to work, whether or not they'll win more than 35, 40 games, at least you can sort of squint and say, well, it's better than it was because it couldn't really get much worse. <laughs> and with Wiggins' contract and he was never going to live up to it, you just had to move on and they, and they got off of it. You got Russell, a really good player. I know people uh, have differing opinions on how good he maybe is. You know, is he, is he an elite point guard in this league? Is he a top 30 guy? Like, wherever, like it's, you know, it's all across the board. He's solid. I mean, on one end of the floor, he's awesome. And it's going to work. Really, I do. I'm excited about the Towns-Russell offensive pairing and the pick and roll that they can do and just having a point guard that can shoot first off of teams drop under and that he can get Towns the ball because they have that connection. So I'm in on it. I, I like it. They got a better, younger, cheaper dude at a position they need at the point guard spot. And yeah, it cost them a first-round pick. Potentially a high one. Who cares? The Wolves would have screwed it up anyway. They always do with their yeah. picks for the most part. So I, I, I like it. I'm giving them a winner. Yeah, and that's the thing. You, you mentioned the picks that they've screwed up. They've got two good players now. The The reason why they're still in that 35-win probably ballpark is because they don't have anybody else around them. That's uh, Yeah, sure. They've got Russell and they've got Towns, but looking back on these picks – it's you know Josh Okoji in 2018, Larry Markinen who was flipped for Jimmy Butler, who's now gone. Chris Dunn, uh, Towns was a good one. Zach Levine, who's now gone. Trey Burke, who was sent to Utah. Like they just don't yeah. have Ro- Robbie Hummel. Oh no, that's a, that's a second Throwback. pick. We're going dirty. <laughs> Derek Williams as a as a number two. Wesley Johnson as a number four pick. Ricky Rubio was a good one. If you're going way back, like they just haven't yeah. hit any home runs. No, and I, they've been fouling things off. Really, they're not. They're not even. I mean, you can call him a single, probably an infield single. <laughs> Every once in a while. but you know, It finds its way through the infield. But, yeah, that's why they're a 35-win team. And I saw you going back and forth with one particular Bulls fan yesterday on Twitter, Skeets, after yeah, our we show. Yeah, we were hard on them, for sure. I mean, We were hard on them, but 35 wins is fine. It's, it's, it's better than what they're going to do this year. It's probably 10 wins better. So they did get better. Yeah. But, and, and- but it's not a playoff team. In the West, especially if they're in the East, it's different. Uh, Kevin Pelton also pointing out, it's not just Russell. They made a lot of other moves, right? I mean, there was some action. They had a lot of turnover, I guess I should say, with their roster. And they they were trying to play a bit of a rocket-style ball there under Saunders, like a little more, you know, get the threes up and let them fly and just weren't doing it well. They improved their team shooting. In Russell, yes. Also Malik Beasley in theory. Wancho even could get a burn there and at times in limited minutes in his career has looked like he could be a player in this league. So they've gotten better. And uh, again, that pick could look, it could be a top four, it could be a top four, top five pick, and, and the Warriors could knock it out of the park. Because the Warriors are betting on the Wolves being garbage. <laughs> like that's a big part of it. They're like, all right, here's Russell. We'll take Wiggins, but we still think you're gonna stink. And we're gonna get a pretty damn high pick. And if you read the reports out of Golden State, they kind of think the Wolves are going to stink because D'Angelo Russell stinks. The Warriors were not impressed with him, having him for sure, three months. They're sure. like, he is not a long-term piece for us. We would rather have picks. So sure. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I was, I was higher on this uh, yesterday before I was reading everything coming out of Golden State. I'm like, if these guys are trashing Russell on the way out, and I've heard what people have had to say about Towns, I mean, I don't know. I'm, they're going to be good on offense. That's yeah. all you can say. They're going to be good on offense. Hey, why do we click here at No Dunks? Because we're friends, man. 
That's right. So maybe that's all it takes. This is a Trey Lowry. hates defense too. Yeah, this is a Lowry DeRozan situation here, a bond, uh, and they would be happy. I mean, I know they had to trade DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard, had to throw friendship out the window to then take <laughs> it to the next level in title. But let's be honest, the Wolves would be happy with the uh, Raptors' success there with the DeRozan and Lowry. You know, winning fifty games and at least getting into the playoffs and winning some series. Will that be enough? Yeah, they got but they, they need to find other pieces. Lowry sure. and DeRozan weren't friends before. No, they, they weren't. They yeah, weren't. But that's different. why this is better. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> coming in with <laughs> friendship. Coming in with friendship. Don't have to learn it. I get it. So those are uh, look. I know the Heat. We had a big winner. Uh, we had the Heat. Excuse me, as a winner on our trade deadlines great podcast. Go check that out. Again, we posted that uh, later on Thursday night. Going. I was a little surprised deals. that you guys all picked bad teams as your winners. Yeah. So I'm. Does this mean that we're saying Iguodala and Marcus Morris not really that big of? Acquisitions. I guess I didn't pick the Heat and Iguodala because we we went sort of long on it last night. But no, yeah, it's a I good think. point. Uh, Marcus Morris does not move the needle all that much for me. Um, I get it. He's an upgrade over Mo Harkless, though. Yeah, right. Know? And and again, Patrick Patterson's the other one who's probably not going to play much anymore either. So, I think the Clippers improved. Yeah. You know, I think getting Morris was good for them. But uh, you know, they're already pretty good if everyone's healthy. So I think it's fine. I think it's fine for them. Yeah, look, of all the teams that are the title contenders or even in that next tier, not a ton of them made a, a lot of moves. The, the Rockets, of course, the maybe the biggest one, getting Covington. The Heat, I guess, with Iguodala. But Bucks and Lakers and Raps and Celtics and Pacers, if you're if they're in there. and Sixers. Uh, uh, I guess the Jazz had already got Clarkson before the deadline. I just um, made, I just made yeah. an editorial decision. I, mean, I think we talked about the Heat enough. I, I think the Grizzlies are a winner. I think the Heat are a winner. Andre Godala obviously say, a winner. Our, our grades were fairly high across the board. I thought on last night's show there weren't there weren't a lot of bad grades. Yeah, we're nice guys. Yeah, we're, we're being nice guys. Oh, yeah, it's, it's always peaks. exciting. It's always exciting when the trades happen. You don't think about the bad stuff. You're like, oh, here's how this could work. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the Warriors could go in the toilet. Sure. Like, the Wiggins situation could go in the toilet, but they got a pick and they got the talented guy. So yeah, and, for now, and, and they're the whole luxury tax and all that too, which right. was a big part of why they were doing that. And the Kings, with. Kings were bad, but they recovered from something even worse. So you know those bad those bad contracts. I think they would be a loser. Other than that, uh, the Pistons were a loser. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, the Pistons were a loser. We'll, well get to that in worst of the week. Yeah, okay, 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 great. Um, let's get to some of last night's games on Thursday night because uh, I believe there was five on in total. Had a couple on TNT. Let's start with the Bucks and Sixers. Giannis dominant again. Is he going to be a unanimous MVP? Yes, I think it's. I mean, look, if they win seventy games, I don't see how he couldn't be. Uh, but then again, maybe a a vote will be thrown to a LeBron, or a vote will be thrown sure. to a. a uh, maybe even a quiet. I probably not, but it, it's he damn well should be unanimous <laughs> MVP. Bucks are forty four and seven, and they are still on pace to become the third team in league history to win seventy games. Giannis had thirty six and twenty, clowned Joel Embiid a, a couple of times, straight up embarrassed him. And Sixers lose again. This is now uh, what their fourth in a row on the road. They went zero and four on the road trip, and uh, they're the most disappointing team in the league. And there's been a lot of finger pointing. Uh, both from you know outsiders and maybe even internally in that locker room that we're, you know you're you're hearing whispers of like we're soft and Horford saying things and Embiid being frustrated. Who is to blame for this mess? Is it Embiid? Is it the structure of the team? Is it Coach Brown, who's got to be on the hot seat at this point if he wasn't already? What yeah, do you think? I think it's a combination. But you, I think you have to look at your star players first. I think that's where it starts, and it's Embiid and Ben Simmons and. You know, Embiid settled, I think, last night a few too many times for threes. Um, and Giannis 
basically went the opposite way at him on the uh, defensive end. Giannis sort of said, I'm just going to go in and, and try to score here when he could. And the Sixers just, they looked discombobulated last night, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, they just they just didn't look like on offense there was, there was a cohesive unit out there. There were some possessions, go back and watch, there is nothing happening. No. There's nothing. Al Horford had... There's, it's five guys around? Yeah. And it's like, there's not even a... I don't know, someone cutting baseline or sending a pick over here. There's nothing. Al Horford took 12 threes. Now, he hit five, which is not a bad return. Uh, and we want him to space the floor. That's what they're sort of <laughs> yeah, saying that, there. That, with that was Al Horford sending a message I got uh, last for night. For sure. Like, you want me to space the floor? Okay, here. That's, I'll shoot it every time. That's what I thought. I mean, um, but then again, Embiid, he took 10 threes himself and hit three of them. So, And he says after the game, Embiid, like, look, this was the Bucks' game plan. It is their game plan. Mm-hmm. We'll give you threes. We don't think you'll hit a lot of them. And so he was saying, yeah, you know, I had the looks. They were there. I didn't knock them down. But they did a great job when somebody dribbled into the paint. They collapsed perfectly. They're just so in sync. And that's the exact opposite of what's happening with the Sixers. (laughs) They're just so out of sync on both ends. And, yeah, all this talk uh, coming into the game. you got a guy like Al Horford saying we have problems in our locker room, a guy who never talks. Al Horford never talks. So there is a big problem. But a guy like uh, Joel Embiid said uh, we don't know what our identity is. So you can put that on Brett Brown, sure. But I think you have to put it on Joel Embiid. You know, I, I we know who this team is supposed to be centered around. It's it's supposed to be centered around him. He yeah. has to lead. And ever since that, the the old up and down thing where Shaq and and Chuck got on him, and he he came on there and he was kind of sad. Like I don't know if any something's going on in his life, but he is not ready to play. He's not ready to lead. He's not ready to be the best player on this team. And there could be something physically, or maybe he just doesn't work out hard enough. But he's not ready to be a leader, and that's I think that's it has. Lee said you have to point at the at the best players. Brett Brown's the one who's going to be fired if they get bounced in the first or second round. He's gone. He's gone regardless. How could he not be at this? Unless they go, yeah. Unless they go on the crazy run. He's probably he's he's probably going to want to pay pay the price, and then eventually, like if Joel Embiid is playing this way under a new coach. Then he's one yeah. of the, one no, of the guys who's going to be traded next year as well. Like, oh, I they're going to have to split them up. Uh, but it's it's on Embiid to me. It, it, it he has to he has to be better. And and regardless of you know where the three pointers come from and all that, like they're just not running anything. And I think that's yeah, it's on Brett Brown, but I think it's all it, it has to fall into the starters. And let's toss a little blame. I would say to towards Elton Brand. Ben Simmons creates almost every shot for the Sixers. Sometimes it'll be Embiid getting it in the post, but he's creating shots mostly for himself. If you're talking about somebody creating for others, it's Ben Simmons. So he drives inside. Joel Embiid is just standing there, or he's out on the three-point line. So Ben Simmons is then kicking to either two centers, a shooting guard in Shake Milton, who is doing fine as a spot starter, or maybe Furkan Korkmaz is out there. Thibault is hitting the three a little bit this year, but he's not a shooter who scares anybody. Al Horford has to take 12 threes. Yeah. Tobias Harris took six threes last night, made five of them. He should have been the one taking 12 threes. I just, the team that has been built around Embiid and Simmons could make a lot more sense than having Tobias Harris and Al Horford out there. Josh Richardson, in theory, would help whenever he gets healthy, but he hasn't really been an impact player for Philadelphia yet this year. Could have used the money on Horford and Harris in other places, yeah, for sure. It's starting to look that way. There's no doubt. And I'm with you on the Embiid. Like, I think he's actually avoided quite a bit of criticism so far this season, but here it comes now at this timing, uh, and rightfully so. You guys had him as an MVP, you know, as your pick, and he should be as an MVP candidate. And you imagine this is like LeBron's team or even Giannis's team for crying out loud, like playing like this and the, and the star guy in him. 
looking a little lethargic, obviously just hanging out at the three, they'd be like they'd be getting killed, killed. Look at what happened with Kyrie Irving. Right. He took a lot more shots than Joel Embiid has been so far this season. Right, right. And I mean, the Sixers are the Celtics from last year. Yeah. Uh, every year we're having another we're having a players only meeting. We got to get this together. We're soft. There's stuff going on in our locker room. It's all the exact same stuff that happened in Philadelphia or in Boston last year, but right now it's basically just trying to split up Embiid and Simmons. It seems to be the solution for people. Yeah. yeah. And Embiid, yes, he looks lethargic on the floor. He's also talking to himself on the floor. He's uh, talking to himself, uh, you know. I think off the floor as well. Like I said, he like he was sad earlier in the year. Like it's a, I think it's a, a whole situation, a whole uh, universe, an orbit around Joel Embiid that's just not going right. Because when he's off the floor, they at least know what they are to some degree. It's Ben Simmons running, and everybody else spacing, and, yeah. and we know what we're doing. Uh, I, I, you know, and it could be Joel Embiid's orbit versus Ben Simmons' orbit. They don't like each other. They're, they're, but, you know, they do pass it to each other. It's not like they're freezing each other out by any means. But uh, I, I think it has to start with Joel Embiid. Like, that's uh, in the locker room, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to fall on Brett Brown, but he has to be able to coach those guys. They also have to be coachable. And Joel Embiid, all this talk about, hey, I'm not drinking Shirley Temples anymore. I'm being healthy. It doesn't look like that's played out. I don't know what's going on in his world. I, I wonder if this sort of road swing had happened one week prior, just in the schedule, hmm. what impact it could have had on the trade deadline. It, like, you know what I mean? Like, just if the if you bump this all up a week or two, and just how bad they've looked, losses to Atlanta, Boston, Miami, and then now the Bucks. So, you know, some of those really good teams. Don't get me wrong, but uh, to not even have put up a fight in some of them, if that happens a little prior, man, I hmm. you know, d- does Elton say, all right, well. Forget firing the coach. We might get to that, but we got to make a move here, like a big, big move. Um, instead, this is obviously the squad they're going with here. I, I will, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I will be shocked if Brett Brown survives this season. If this continues in the regular season after the All Star break, then he will be. They'll, they'll have to fire him. They'll either just go to their, you know, someone else on the bench and say, "Well, you have a, a crack at it." And we'll see yeah, where the we only, go. Yeah, the only problem with that is they're going to make the playoffs. It's not like they can slip out. They're, they're no, nine games up. That. So it would be unusual, I think, for a team to make a, that bigger change when they're going to the playoffs. Not saying it couldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but certainly it feels like he has a, he's lost a little bit of grip of that team um, because he's looking he's so frustrated on the sides because, again, offensively, nothing just flows at all with that team. It's, it's just it, the ball just sticks and it just doesn't. It doesn't look cohesive out there. But, of course, going up against a team like Milwaukee, which is a fantastic defensive team and the best team in the league, yeah. that get, it gets exposed even more. Uh, and, and if you look at like the, the bench contributions the Bucks got last night, you know everyone who came on, DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, Kyle Korver was diving on loose balls late last night. That just shows the complete opposite, I think, that the team knows exactly what each other's role is and they all play for each other and they have great chemistry and they understand Giannis runs the show. We just have to fill in uh, around the edges there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you've got sort of basically a mirror image of what you're seeing from Philadelphia out of Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And that's why they have a 9-19 and road record because they don't care enough to, to play hard together. And that's why they're 22-2 and on, at home, which is, which is wild um, because they're talented enough to win games. And that's probably why they're sur- they survive is because, math check, 17 games at home left and 13 games on the road. You know, they're going to win more games than not. Uh, the rest of the season and probably win 50 games, which is bonkers to say. (laughs) And and we'd still be worried about them, but they're sitting at 31 and 21. It's just that the offense, like like with all these talented dudes, you, you see a guy, 
drive-in, like we talked about, like Trey mentioned earlier. And there's a lot of drop-offs. Drop-off to Joel Embiid or if he's standing there. But it's like they're not dedicated to the plan, which is then you got to swing it if we're doubled. It's just, it's just they don't care, or they just don't want to. They just don't want to do it. And that's just guys that they're not all on the same page. Yeah. The other game that I wanted to address, Covington. I said made his debut. The Pocket Rockets outlast the Lakers, one twenty-one, one eleven. So the the first real experiment with the extremely small ball with at least Covington in the mix, so far a success. Westbrook had forty-one and. and Bobby Cove hit two clutch late threes. <laughs> yeah, 14 points, eight boards. <laughs> I mean, really, really solid game. Defensive numbers there as well. Houston hit 19 threes overall. Uh, what did you think from this rock? Is this, I mean, this is fun. We, we like it because it's unique and it's wild to see. And we said the Lakers would be one of those teams like, I don't know, they're going to get killed inside. Well, they didn't. I mean, the, the Lakers scored a bunch of points in the paint, but on the boards was pretty even and the Rockets also don't care if you're going to score outscore them in the paint because they're like, well, we're going to outscore you by 30 from the three-point line, which is what they did in this game. It'll be fun to see if this can last. Yeah, that's right. They get a very impressive win because they came back late. And uh, Robert Common hit one of those threes. Like I think it was Anthony Davis was right there in his face. He hit it. So they win the game. He hits those shots. Oh, it's working. Uh, we'll, need, we'll need a little bit more of a sample size to really see if it can hold up. But... Uh, Good on Russell Westbrook again. I mean, he, oh, man. he's playing. He only took two threes last night, hit one of them. He, he does seem to have actually been able to reel that three-point shooting in for this season um, because in the past he's gotten sucked into that to shooting where he hasn't been a great shooter. He's still only shooting like 24% on the season, so he's realizing that's not my bag, baby. Instead, <laughs> he's, he's finding other ways. And he's, th- I mean, this is the best Russell Westbrook when he's going inside and taking advantage of uh, matchups where he can use his athleticism yeah. and speed. So, I mean, he's, he's worked himself into the All Star game too for his play over the last <laughs> month or so. That, that, honestly, I believe that because early on it didn't look great. And, um, Last night, he loves the big stage. He loves the big challenge. Oh, I love when Russ has it going and he's feeling it a little bit. Oh, yeah. He, he starts barking at everybody mm-hmm. and yeah. staring at the crowd. It is fun when he's got it going. He's feeling it. You can see exactly, watching this game, you can see exactly why the Rockets made the trades they did. They might have gotten dunked on 19 times, but they're fine. They made 19 threes. That's right. That's an extra 19 points right there. You got to win the math. Clint Capella's not flipping the math for the Rockets, so they're going all in on it. I definitely thought it was hilarious seeing the clips from Mike D'Antoni pregame where he's like, we might be short, but we're stout. James Harden, (laughs) he's stout, he's strong. Eric Gordon, he can guard bigs. P.J. Tucker, he can guard bigs. And then Anthony Davis went out and was like, who cares that you guys are even out here just dunking every single time. It was roast mode, but those are only twos. I think there's a couple things to remember when you do go super small. Yeah, you like you got to play hard. All these young guys, uh, small guys, excuse me, sort of got to box out and like bust their ass. And PJ Tucker's incredible and all that. I love him. But the other thing you get from playing small is in a 48 minute game. In theory, in theory, if the other team are playing their bigs, they're not going to be able to sustain that effort over the course of the game. And I thought you saw the Lakers look a little more tired as the game went on, a a little bit, where the Rockets, being just the smaller guys, more athletic guys, are going to be able to sustain it in theory a little bit more. That's one thing. The other thing, though, the big benefit, over this, like, five-game stretch here where they've gone super small, where they've gone pocket rocket, they're forcing more turnovers. And that is huge. I mean, last night, the Rockets scored 13 points on 16 Laker turnovers. And then the Rocks, okay, you flip it. Well, they gave up 11 second-champ points on six Lakers offensive rebounds. But that's still... You know, do the math on that. That's still, you're coming out positive. That's a plus two when you're looking at turnovers that you're creating into points, and then, oh, yeah, we're small on the glass. But it's okay. 
those are the second chance points. And that's been the big difference. They're averaging, uh, the other team is like 18 turnovers per game over this little run here with the super small, small ball experiment. So yeah. that's a big positive. And I think just, again, Covington's going to help with that. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, getting deflections and getting these steals and letting Westbrook go to either then attack or then here comes the, uh, you know, the, the second wave of three-point shooters that you got to try and get a body on Harden or Gordon or Tucker in the corner or something like that. So that, to me, is the obviously two little positives of this going really small. I'm excited to see if it can continue in the regular season and then into the playoff series. I think they got sucked into playing the Rockets style a bit. They, they sped up a little bit. They didn't. They, they just saw, hey, Anthony Davis is our big man. Let's just throw it to him. And they weren't really setting up post moves as well, although, you know, Anthony Davis was awesome. Uh, I think they would, they would slow it down and get a game plan going, and they would get back on defense because they know the Rockets would run it down their throats if this was a, a playoff series. They, they just would be a lot more prepared for it, and they would plan a scheme and then it would be different. And they just wouldn't speed it up and, and get into the small ball mode uh, because they should be bigger. And, and that's what hurt them, I, I think, a little bit. They just – this isn't a playoff series. This is a, a game on in February. Yeah, and, before and, the All-Star break. I and, get that. Yeah, yeah but it, it obviously it's, it is a two-for-three thing, and, um, and that helps. And I do agree with the, the stout comment of Mike D'Antoni watching those dudes when they get switched. Uh, a bunch of them anyways, and Robert Covington as well. I think you can add him to the stout factor. Um, uh, but they want a big to be able to – like they can't go into a series with Anthony Davis or Nikola Jokic if they play him and give up 45, 50 points a night. I, I just – I, I, th- I they think they think need – They might think they can. They need <laughs> somebody, I think. But, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and, and but this sets up Russell Westbrook so nicely um, on the other end. You know, you had 20 points in the paint um, because they're playing small. Because it's uh, it's not Clint Capella in there, and that's he's been doing it all year. He's been going in there, but I think his his percentage uh, within three feet is even going to go up higher, and that that just that just elevates Russell Westbrook. They're making him a better player, and that's that's the important part. It's skill ball, it's small ball, it's uh, pocket rockets, it's what else am I forgetting? Seventy nine uh, inches or less. Okay, <laughs> that yeah. one's not going to catch on. It's too worry. bad not everybody's <laughs> six foot five and under. Seventy seven inches yeah. or less would work perfectly. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we have to see Tabo Cephalosha last night. Well, welcome back, buddy. Yeah. Is he going to stay in the rotation? Probably. He's six seven. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. Yeah, that's why I was confused with the TNT graphic going around. You see the, the the old graphic of the game from the fifties or sixties, yeah. first game since whatever it was, nineteen fifty something, yeah. where there is guys six six or smaller. I mean, Robert Covington was playing. Yeah, he's six seven. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tabo's six seven or whatever. Were they alluding to the game before Covington was there, and it was just the starters? Uh, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was yeah. something weird like that. I do love uh, the Rockets jump ball situation. Oh yeah, where Harding just goes and yeah. all right. You guys take it. We'll get it in the second half. <laughs> I do. I find that fascinating. I saw Zach Lowright today here too. The Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, and Mavericks—they all rank among the league's best offensive rebounding teams. So they're going to try and bludgeon Houston on the glass when they play them in, in these games and maybe series. But Houston is just counting on. Go ahead, go for your offensive rebounds. If you don't get it, we're gone, and we're probably hitting a, a fast break three in transition. So. You know, go ahead. And I can't wait to see. You, you were sort of alluding to it there, I think, Tass. Like, because you said it last night, the Lakers started to play their game. That's the thing to me. It's like, do this was the same thing with D'Antoni seven seconds or less way back in the day. It's like, do you try and play that way? Do you fall into the trap of playing fast at that time or now in today's game with this team, play small? Or do you say, no, no, no. We are who we are. 
we are going to either back in the day slow it down, you know, Spurs-like type ball, like just pound the ball out of the rock for 23 seconds, or now against them, like, post up, you know, we don't got to fire away on threes, you know, like we'll catch up there at the free throw line and just by dunking on their heads and stuff like that and getting them into foul trouble. That's always the fun battle, I mm. think, that, that coach is probably trying to decide within the game. It's like, well, what do we do here? Do we play their type of game and go small, or do we just continue to – to think what might work, and that's just out, out killing. What are we running here, Frank Vogel? What are we running here, man? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if PJ Tucker gets injured or misses any time, then then, then they're in trouble even more. So, hundred percent agree with that. You know, he is so important yeah. out of this. <laughs> and, I, and I was thinking last night watching him. I know we've talked about his development as a, a three-point shooter, but the dude was drafted in two thousand six as a second rounder who had, you know, virtually no shot. He was just a grinder. He goes overseas. He comes back and is a new player, and. Uh, He's underpaid big time for the Houston Rockets, and he's old <laughs> for, a, for a basketball player. He's going to be 35 during the postseason. It's a testament to him to what he was uh, when he was drafted by the Raptors. He was a real Colangelo-type guy when they drafted him in 06 um, to be a, a tough dude um, and uh, didn't get paid. So he said, I'm gone. Now he's back, and he's playing a perfect role. And it worked well. He was guarding Anthony Davis. It's just so, I think you post up, obviously, o- over and over, but – you have Anthony Davis, like the, he can run back. I just think they weren't ready to run. Yeah. And I think that's that's a part of it. Like, See, I think that the post up is part of the trick of this thing. So is I, that you go out there, you're like, oh man, all those guys are small. Let's post up every single possession, and that's what the the Rockets want. That's what like George Carl's teams wanted back in the day. He's like, yeah, we'll switch. Go ahead and try and score in the post every single time. We're gonna shoot a three because you're not gonna make every single post shot. I don't know. They gotta. I would imagine once it comes down to playoff time, a team like the Lakers will say, okay, you've got all six foot five guys. We're gonna do a pick and roll every time. We'll throw a lob to the rim every time. That's mm-hmm. different than trying to back down PJ yeah. Tucker. He definitely cannot jump with Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought they were coming down and just throwing an entry pass immediately. There was a like a pass prior to it but i think you run more action to get some movement before the post and then it's a lot different then it's then it's you know we're sort of in position to get back on defense but yeah totally totally i think they just this was like game number one i think Mm -hmm. for the lakers seeing it and they got that little like oh we got a big on a little just throw it to them yeah Um, but if you get more action going then then the guys will get back and hey it was a close game but good win quickly here the race for the eighth spot in the West, had a couple teams involved last night in some other games. You had Zion Williamson scoring 21, shot 9 of 11, as the Pelicans held off the Bulls 125-119. So they got the win. That's big for them, obviously, in this race. And then we had Spurs-Blazers. Lillard scored 26 points. Whiteside had a big game. Blazers beat the Spurs 125-117. to So Portland, now two and a half back from the Grizzlies. San Antonio falls to a full four games back. And New Orleans is holding out hope here, but they improved to five and a half back, sort of just holding on to the rope. Obviously, big games in that in that race. That's going to be fun to watch here. Can the Grizzlies, you know, you know, stiff arm the Blazers, stiff arm the Spurs, and maybe even the Pelicans here, um, who got who got a quality win on the road, even if it's against the Bulls. Zion Williamson, man, <laughs> that guy's awesome. He he's just awesome, and it really, honestly, it shows you how good the Milwaukee Bucks are seeing the way Zion has dominated since he came into the league. He's had one bad game so far, and it was against the Bucs. They blocked his shot three times. He went five for 19. You want to talk about how good the Bucs are? They've got a lot of tall guys in there who can play defense, and, I mean, they shut it down against Zion earlier this week. The Bulls do not have that (laughs) deterrent at the rim. Uh, But, you know, Zion dunked on Thad Young, but it was just a – 
in the in the grand history of Zion dunks, we won't even remember. No, that, that no. was that was a minor. No, exactly. Right. He went in a couple of times, and bodies were sort of bouncing off him from from a, almost like a stop standing start. You know, like he wasn't like getting a huge big run up. He was right. just sort of grabbing the ball and then throwing bodies off him. So. <laughs> Man, when he uh, when he gets fully healthy and gets a full preseason under his belt next year, it's it's going to be scary just how tough he's going to be underneath. And in, in his um that spring that he has is just incredible. It is like a young Charles Barkley how he just he can get up and elevate so quickly from nothing. So yeah, it, it's uh you know we we talked about um would there be enough time for him to catch Jar Morant for rookie of the year? I don't think so still. I don't think so. But certainly, I mean, putting up twenty points a game on fifty-seven percent shooting like. It hasn't taken him too long to adjust. You, no. you know, Trey mentioned that one game really was against the Bucks that he struggled. Otherwise, he's, uh, he, I mean, he's scoring pretty well and and you know, taking shots that he can make. So, this is this is turning out pretty well for him. It would have been awesome if Zion was playing from the start of the season and putting up these oh, yeah. numbers. In theory, the Pelicans would have a better record. Let's say. And the, and the Grizzlies and Jaw were still doing this. This would be one hell of a rookie of the year race. I think people would be going back and forth sort of every week with uh, if, if Zion was doing this from the start of the season. But, yeah, I think he just built up too big a lead. Uh, but Zion's sprinting, trying to catch him. Uh, but he might run out of uh, run out of track, mm. as they say. I have no idea if they, say, they say that. that? Yeah, I think I, you're right. I think that they might should. be a I saying. They should. That's pretty it's cool good, saying, yeah. I like it. Run out of track. All right, let's get to Worst of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, the Worst of the Week. going to go through the losers of the trade deadline but not really get into the transactions okay. and who did poorly in those we're going to go a little bigger picture check our trade deadlines grades podcast trade deadline grades podcast for all the losers etc okay bigger picture second runner up from the trade deadline losers of people the people living in the eastern time zone why well the warriors they always play in that late game this season on the west coast but this year no one has had to watch them. We get to go to sleep. It's great. Now they make the move for Wiggins, plus Curry and Thompson coming back, and us on the East Coast have to stay up and watch them next season. I know you international folks are saying, eh, why, why don't you cry about it? you got to be up till <laughs> 11, 12, 1. Well, we got to be up at 5 in the morning. Okay, you're right, but this is my situation. This is my life. It's going to stink next year. <laughs> Having to watch, getting Wiggy with it every single night. If he's in that time slot, and I imagine they're going to get national TV after national TV game, right? Most, with, with Curry and Clay back, you, most would, th- you would think so. That's going to be weird, actually, to see Wiggins in sort of national mm. TV games because you don't see it a lot with the Wolves over his definitely career. not. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. And, and people still hate him <laughs> yeah. without him being on national <laughs> I know, that's TV. That's what I mean. I don't know if that's going to be good or bad for him. Anyway. The vitriol will be a spewing, I'm sure, next season. As uh, I think it was Michael Lee said. You know, scrub those Wiggins takes. Scrub them out of your your, your tweets because maybe you'll turn it around. We'll see. Uh, first runner-up, very tall boys and young men because the center <laughs> position in the NBA just doesn't pay like it used to. I won't say it's extinct because tall, ba- tall players will still be desired in the NBA, so tall boys can still make it there. <laughs> but only the cream of the crop are going to get paid like high-paid wings or guards for the foreseeable future, like Jokic or Embiid or Anthony Davis or Towns. The rest, they'll have jobs. It just ain't as desirable as it was a few years ago. So young tallies can go back to modeling or being a cameraman in scrums. It's an important position. Yeah. Um, but do you want to play in the NBA anymore? It's just not as, not as, uh, not as great. 
You know, it's not as desirable, I would say. If the tall boys <laughs> don't want to play basketball, I suggest you stick to Tiddlywinks <laughs> and PlayStation. Um, but I'm going to give the worst of the week to the Pistons. <laughs> I wasn't going to get transactional, but they couldn't get a first-round pick for Andre Drummond. One second-round pick and two guys who can't even play significant minutes for the Cavs is what they got back. We got into it on the pod, but... If the market was that dry, why deal him now? Deal him months ago when he was absolutely bawling. There's literally conversations about him being the best center in the NBA, along with those guys I mentioned, Jokic, NBA. I know it sounds crazy, but he was, when he was doing 2020s, he was in that conversation anyways. He was at the table. He wasn't, he wasn't one of the best bigs, but why not deal him then? Or wait till June. Mm. They got nothing. They literally got nothing. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. see why you rush it when you th- when you look at it now, f- in hindsight, because you because you didn't want two more months of bad chemistry in, in the locker room. Well, it's already yeah. bad. Yeah. I mean, bad <laughs> culture. Why not have two more months and potentially get a first round pick? That's all we're asking for. I think that that's nuts. Yeah. It's really nuts when you look at it. It is wild. We couldn't believe it. The bag of beans that came back for Andre Drummond. <laughs> it's it's shocking. Yeah, it, you you would think a guy that is a two-time All-Star again, that is an elite rebounder, who is a 17 and what 15 type of guy, who's pretty consistent. He plays a lot. Uh, yeah, you can't even get a first-round pick in today's NBA. That's tough. Yeah, but but they but they picked their direction. They did. The Pistons yeah. definitely picked their direction and said, "We are we are rebuilding. There is no doubt. We don't even want to." Be worried about whether or not he picks up that option and it, and is then under contract for one more year, <laughs> which I don't think he's going to do anyway. Still, but they didn't want that concern, so they, I guess yeah. But then that. trade him in June. I know, like I know, somebody I else it. is also going to give you a bag of beans <laughs> in June. Yeah, <laughs> summer beans. It is crazy because we've been watching basketball for a long time, and when you say those numbers, like he's literally averaging eighteen and sixteen. Oh my god! That's yeah. I mean, it is good. But, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Those are some big old numbers. And, I mean, there's a reason Andre Drummond was the first name, really, on the trade block. It was him and Kevin Love, and nobody's given up a first-round pick. They, now, they, right? Like, they're just like, they're like, hey, man, Andre Drummond. People might want him for a first-round pick. And everybody in the league was like, uh, uh-uh. Actually, no. Uh, so, I don't know. This has got to be a tough one for him. So Now they're playing together, those two guys you mentioned who are on the trade block. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what, literally, what is their lineup going to be? They got to buy out Tristan Thompson or what? They're going to play Kevin Love at the three? Oh, my God, I hope Clutch they do. Clutch sports clients don't get bought out, apparently. Uh, they never give up money, yeah, that's, that's for sure. Right, yeah. That's right. They are they are the opposite of the Rockets now. Yeah, we've got the giant calves, uh, at least in terms of owning <laughs> oh, the Oh, Lee glass. Ellis, the giant calves? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I, I like it because we always got those, like, 7 o'clock starts. The Cavs are generally involved in one of those games. The Pistons used to be, um, and or will still be, but you know what I mean. I'll be watching. I'll be tuning in for the first, you know, six minutes of the of those Cavs' uh, first quarter. As a man who loves a rebound highlight. You should watch every Cavs game. Oh, I can't wait, man. I can't <laughs> wait. You're going to be going crazy all by yourself. Watch. Has anybody seen all these highlights? Be like, what? On the, in the Cavs game? You're like, yeah, there was like 16 rebounds in the first quarter. You know who will be watching? Ooh. John Schumann. You know, oh, sent me yeah. a good rebound highlight. I respect that. All right, so those are the worst of the week. Let's get to uh, last night's NBA All-Star Game draft. We have the captains, LeBron and Giannis, picking their teams for the matchup in Chicago. Next week, guys, we're headed to Chicago a week from today. Team LeBron. His starters, Anthony Davis, surprise, surprise, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, James Harden, 
His reserves, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and Dematis Sabonis. Team Giannis, his starters, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young. His reserves, Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. So, biggest takeaway, biggest surprise, whatever you want to call it, from uh, the draft that they did again. They, they, they pre-recorded it yesterday afternoon and then aired it last night before the games. What did you think? What surprised you or shocked you or whatever? I'd say quickly, the starters, literally LeBron has Western Conference starters and Giannis has Eastern Conference yeah, starters. Yeah, yeah. Pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, they, picked the, they didn't even have to draft those. <laughs> yeah, that was a bummer. That was, that was a bummer. And then I'd say the starters who dribble the most were picked last. Huh. Harden and Trey Young. Right. They, right, right, right. They, uh, I mean, Luke. you can add Luka and Kemba to the list, too. Yeah, Those for sure. The guards. Yep. Um, it seems like LeBron and Giannis want to pass the ball a little bit. Let's have some fun passing it because <laughs> LeBron's like, ah, oh, who do I pick? He picked Harden last <laughs> and Team Giannis got Young last. I'm a little surprised uh, Bam Adebayo went before Jimmy Butler. Right. The pick. I would have thought Jimmy was going to go uh, maybe second after Middleton was obviously going to Giannis and Davis is going to LeBron. Uh, yes. No, no. Sorry, I've got that wrong. I'm, that's the reserves. starters. Yeah, I'm talking about the reserves here. I just thought Jimmy Butler would have gone higher than that because he's a, you know, he's a vet. But then again, maybe Jimmy's like, guys, I'm not even going to play in this game anyway, so I don't care who picks me. I think Bam and Giannis are pretty close friends. Is the reason why he was uh, drafted number two. Oh, Giannis was trying to do what you suggested, Lee. Yeah, he was hundred percent yeah. trying to do Team World. Yeah, because he was the most upset when LeBron took Luca. Yeah, that's when he was like, "Damn, oh man, I would have had all the world starters if I could have got Luca." Yeah, but LeBron took him, and then you know, then things. So he still got like he still took Bam being a friend and, and Rudy Gobert, and then but it you know again Simmons and Jokic then of course went to LeBron but I think that really uh, that got him off the rails because he's like oh I'm doing this team world thing yeah he did he definitely wanted it to it got kind of evenly spread out though you got yeah, Doncic Jokic Sabonis on one team and Ben Simmons then you got Siakam Embiid and who am I missing there oh Rudy, Rudy Gobert yeah, yeah. is there on the uh, on Giannis so yeah too bad we couldn't get them all internationals versus the US was there a favorite moment from this draft uh, I thought it was pretty low-key, all things considered. I agree. Um, but I guess the James Harden joke was the big uh, the big joke mm-hmm. of the night, you know. Chuck saying to Giannis, you don't want the dribbler? And he said, no, I want somebody that will pass me the ball. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> good, good one. I thought it was funny in Giannis's post-game interview. Uh, he was asked what he thought about his selection. He's like, feeling really good, feeling really good. Took all the grinders. <laughs> I was like, huh, okay. All right, well, you can see who's drafting with their head and who's drafting with their heart here because LeBron's team is – Miles better than Giannis' team? It's ridiculous. It's stacked compared to Giannis' team. (laughs) Come on. Again, he's done this a couple years, you know, the second year in a row with these two guys as captains. Team uh, GM LeBron kills GM Giannis. I'm sorry. It's just the truth. His team is way better. Yeah, I think different way. game though this year. Different game. Different game. Fair mm. enough. Yeah, we got all the quarters there, and then yeah, they, uh, yeah. Giannis's team is going to have to outscore LeBron's by like fifty points in the fourth quarter <laughs> to beat him to the target score. Uh, they'll win those three games though first. <laughs> they'll win all the money. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I did like Giannis's notebook. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. really really like that. I actually, I, I I tweeted this. I I want them like everybody to line them up before the game and do playground style where they just pick the teams right there. I think it'd be must watch television. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Of course, here's your, here's your Jersey, throw it on. Let's go. Maybe we'll get to that point. 
But I do love how much fun these two guys have. They seem to be really enjoying just the just the duty of having to pick these teams, and they're making some some jokes. Like, I liked Giannis. Like, was he jokingly calling Brandon Ingram Kevin Durant? Did you hear that part where yeah. he says Kevin, and he sort of doesn't lean into the joke completely? <laughs> I think that's what he was doing. Yeah, that seemed like the it. The similarities, I guess, between their games and obviously their build. But uh, I like how much fun they have doing this. That. I hope we get to the point again where they do it right there on the court. But uh, uh, these two guys are great. It's just fun. And I was just smiling the whole damn time. Oh, yeah. And you can just see the different points that, that they are in their career and the different ways that people relate to them. Because if LeBron were to pick both Raptors and both Heat when he's in Giannis's position, people would be like, he is leaving. He's leaving immediately. Look at him. He's trying to get up. He's trying to get teamed up here with the Raptors and the Heat. But with Giannis, it's like this guy. He's yeah, just having a good time out it, there. It's just a joke in the Raptors Twittersphere. For sure. That that Nick Nurse will be coaching him. That he took the raps. It's absolutely right. And that he'll then eventually be coming to Toronto in 2021. But you're right. It's a bigger deal if it's LeBron. Oh yeah. That's Getting back better. to the quality of the teams, though, LeBron definitely. Oh. Definitely outdrafted him, but maybe Yance was drafting a bad team so he could have a better chance at MVP. Ooh. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's he. He's got more first first year players on his team, first year all stars, I should say, on his team, and that always bodes well, I think, for uh, the vets. You know, those guys aren't going to get it. the young guys aren't going to get MVP. They're not going to get their feet wet. They're not going to feel as good in this game. Yeah, it's got a chance. It's too bad we haven't got Doncic and Harden on different teams because people have sort of made the comparison there. And mm-hmm. you know, an All Star game be good to see Luca go for a step back and then James Harden go for a step back on Luca the next possession. You know, something like that. But maybe there'll be a trade. Although I guess they can't trade anymore, can they? Well, yeah, no, I guess not. Well, who knows? They could do yeah. it. Who cares? Would anybody yeah. stop them? Yeah, I don't like that we have. I mean, this was obviously going to be the case where LeBron was going to take AD and that Giannis was going to take Middleton. It's always fun when teammates can go against each other in this new format that we have, but never happens because when they are the captains, they want to take their own guys. I get that. But then to have both Heat guys on the same team, to have both Raptors guys on the same team. Both Jazz uh, on the same team, both Rockets on on the same team. Yeah, it's like... At least you sometimes get a fun moment where it's uh, like we saw in, in, you know, World Cup play or whatever, international play, you know, Rudy versus Donovan Mitchell. It's like it's just fun to see because you never see it. I Uh, guess it's just Simmons and Embiid, right? They could theoretically try and dunk on each other. Ooh, they might just actually hate each other. Okay, okay, you're (laughs) right. That that could be a little spicy. Um, But anyway, it looks like Team LeBron could run away with this again. Who knows? Maybe Giannis is like one step ahead. He's, he's light years ahead. You're right, Tass, where he's like, oh, I need an MVP in this game, so I'm just going to take these guys. So they'll give me the ball. And, like, it's like Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's going to be chilling. He's chilling in regular season games. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Like, Giannis, super chilling. Giannis has also got Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, so you know those guys are going to play tough, you know? They're not going to mm. just give this game away. Jimmy B? Yeah. He doesn't gonna, want to Jimmy be Butler there. Jimmy Butler didn't even want to play uh, the game. Nah, right he'll here. start calling out his own teammates. Know. They'll have a team <laughs> meeting after the second game. Jimmy would get them in there, get angry with them in the locker room. All right, always, uh, always a lot of fun uh, getting to see the captains pick their teams. There. All right, let's fire the pun gun. It's pun gun time. Last week, a 13-year-old son, out of the blue, suggested NBA fetish for pun gun. <laughs> I tweeted it out. He uh, he had the uh, the examples of uh, Fred Van Feet and Steph Furry. Couldn't be more proud. Uh, anyway, I tweeted it out as I said, and uh, we got some great responses. But let's hear your NBA fetish puns, and I'll throw in some of my favorites as we go. Okay, Eric Kinky Floyd. <laughs> nice. 
Uh, fetish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's stay with the Eric's. Eric Montos. Feet, feet specific, I know, but it's all right. It's a sub. It's a sub, sub fetish. Yeah. Harry um, Harris. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Harry <sure>. people, <laughs> I guess. Harry. Uh, M- Matisse. Thighball, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 thigh man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any, anything can be a fetish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Okay, okay. any word. Yeah. <laughs> Literally anything. This is from Comrade831. There's two. Orgy Dang. Oh, and oh okay. Tickleless Batum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sedale Threesome. <laughs> Ish Smith. Poo Richardson. Great one. Is there a leather one? I couldn't. I was trying to think of a leather uh, name. Uh, Jonah Golden Showers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jobber ninety nine. Joel S N M Bead. Tass likes composting. What about just straight up T J Leaf? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's into it. Sure. Kinky stuff out in the compost. A lot of greens and browns out there. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> 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 All right. Good suggestion. Who Tweet can, us who? in your best fetishes. Yeah. Your yes. favorite fetishes. At yeah. no dunks. Hashtag no dunks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time for Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet of it goes to at Spike Eskin, who tweeted last night, one of the things about getting old, I'm 43, he put in brackets, is when you see a pro athlete and you're like, man, he's old, and you're five years older than him. <laughs> I tweeted back. I said, that happens to me all the time. You know, I'm 39, been in this game for a long time, started in like 2005 <laughs> writing and podcasting about the league. And then I sold him that, and he wrote back, when Levine was in the dunk contest, I told my wife I could be his dad. <clears throat> And it wasn't in a I had a baby when I was 14 type of way. It's horrifying. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it comes up every once in a while here on the podcast where we're just like, what? How old is that guy? First off, you either think the guy's like 10 years older. It's like Andre Drummond. He's only 26, huh? Feels mm. like he's about, been around a lot longer. And then you're like, even if he was 36, you would be saying, oh, my God, that's old. And we're all older still than that. Uh, like you said, with P.J. Tucker, it's like he's an old 35. And you're like, my God. I always remember at Summer League when we would have some of the uh, guests on our show and these guys are like 18 years old, yeah. 19 years old. And, you know, some of them are barely even shaved in their life. And you're thinking, man, <laughs> when I was 18, like, I can't imagine being on the on the biggest platform, biggest stage of my... Like, what the starter said? No, no, no. I mean, you know, to be a, to be a professional athlete yeah, yeah, already yeah, yeah. and then you come and you, you know... Like, what were you... What was Lee Ellis doing at 18? Shaving everything. <laughs> Uh, I, wasn't a full, I, I wasn't shaving full face by 18. Uh, I was working at McDonald's. Oh, you were? That's when you were, that's when you were manager? Uh, not at 18. No, I think uh, I was 19. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was making it up, yeah. So you were working at McDonald's? <laughs> Living at home, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's yeah, not surprising. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Wow. <laughs> yeah, got my driver's license. Okay. Yeah. Did you have your own wheels? Or yeah, I did. I did. I did. You had your I own nearly. Car. I, I did have my own car because my brother. Because you had older brothers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he, one, my older brother, he left. He went and lived overseas for a while, so he left his car. So mm. I just sort of was waiting in the wings. Yeah. What did you have? Uh, it was like it would have been the equivalent of a Chevy. Um, what, what's the one you've got now? The uh, I don't have a car now. Oh, do you? Uh, I had Chevy a Chevy Cruise. Cruise. Yeah, it'd kind of be like the equivalent of a modern day Cruise. It was called a Holden Commodore. 
Red. Oh, yeah. Did okay. I write with the chicks? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was me. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> <laughs> Were you still in Stratford? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was still in high school. For sure. At 18? I was out of high school. I finished at 17. Oh, man. I was in high school when I was 19. I was the what? one. I was one of the rare Around the five year uh, program. five-year high school guys. Yeah, I was and, 19. Yeah. It was the best. The last year of high school was amazing. Oh, big man on campus. Well, yeah. And you just like, by then you only had to go to like three classes and like all we did was play cards and you had a job, like a part-time job and like you could drink in Ontario. So that was even weird, like legally. Yeah, it was so you were, like, you were like 90210, really. <laughs> <laughs> you were was, branded. Yeah. <laughs> no, what was the girl on 90210, the real Andrea? life? Act? Yeah, she was like 35 yeah, in real yeah, life, yeah, wasn't yeah. she? Well, Dylan was Gabrielle like 27, <laughs> wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think he um, was too. What's his name? Uh, Lee, uh, Luke Perry? Luke Perry, yeah, he was like 27. Was right? Rest yeah. in peace, oh, Luke Perry. Yeah, yeah, they were all, I think, quite old. Oh, yeah, I was living it up. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, I was living at home too and just working the part-time jobs. What about mm. yourself? School. I was uh, I was in college. I graduated at 17. So, you know, living in a dorm, cleaning out test tubes in the lab, and then working at the hospital on the weekends, pushing the dead bodies all around the hospital. Oh. <laughs> but it, it was fine. You know, and I liked science back then. Cool. Mr. <laughs> science. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to pick em results from last night. Oh, God, this one upset me. It was uh, Philly, Milwaukee. That was our game. Bucks were favored by nine and a half. Nine and a half. I was the only one to take Philly to cover. I lost. They won by 11 in the end. Tass and Trey, you're three and one. Lee, you're two and two. I'm one and three, so I'm trailing here in the month of February. I lost because Giannis, he's got no quit in him, man. Do you see the ending of this? Yes. The Sixers got the ball with, like, still a shot clock's worth of game to go. So Simmons, like, sort of realized it and was like, well, I might as well go and score. Like, I might as well go down the other end and either dunk it or whatever. He's on his way. He's in transition. And Giannis is like, no, 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 no. We're not giving up any easy buckets. I don't care if we're up 11 at the point. He fouls Simmons because he doesn't want to give up the easy layup or dunk. Oh, God. So then it's Ben Simmons at the free throw line. Yeah, good luck with that. Like, he's going to hit both of them. He misses both of them. So you guys pulled it out. It was close. I mean, if Giannis doesn't hustle back... I think I, I think oh, I yeah. cover because the Bucks probably, yeah. he dunks and then yeah. I don't think the Sixers would have fouled. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you guys got the win. Uh, all because of Giannis. So congrats to you. What's tonight's game? Well, we're going to stay with those Houston Rockets on a back-to-back. They're visiting the Phoenix Suns. So Russell Westbrook not playing Ooh, second night of a back-to-back. Right, that's, right. that's why it's a little interesting. The Suns are 2.5 dogs. So it's, it's basically, you know, it's a coin flip, but you get a couple extra points with the Suns. Phoenix has lost 13 straight to Houston, huh. 11 straight at wow. home to Houston, where they will be hosting the Houston Rockets. So, so, so Rockets got to win by three on the road yeah. in uh, Phoenix. Okay. Without Westbrook, does make that it That really changes. It's a little squiggly. It does make it interesting. And the Suns have lost four in a row overall, yeah. I do believe. Yeah, they're not playing well, yeah. So are they going to snap that streak at home to a team that they've lost 13 straight games overall, which is kind of nuts to think about, and the Rocks have won four straight. You know what? I'm taking the Suns. I'll take the Rockets. 
Good, good pick. Good, good pick with the Rockets. I'm flipping it. I'm not feeling good about my pick. I'm already reeling. Man, 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 oh man. I'll go with the Rockets. I'll go with the silly Rockets. Those <laughs> silly shorties. Lily, make your I, pick, I man. I think I'll take the Rockets, too. Okay. Yeah. Three guys taking the Rockets. Got to win by three or more. Tass taking the Suns at home. <sighs> Big game, DeAndre Ayton. Pounding them inside. Oh, oh, don't forget Bainesy. Like no, I think Bainesy's always yeah. hurt. He's hurt. Okay, let's end this bad boy with some rapid fire fun. Oh, yeah. First one from Kai in Germany, who writes, Hey, Dinkers, you recently hit episode 100, and only then did I realize that I've listened to you guys talking over 100 hours <laughs> in the past couple of months. It's a good point. What is something you've done a lot of but didn't realize it until later? Lee. Every Sunday I realize, I find out how much time I've spent on my phone for the week. Mm. And it's never pretty. Weekly screen it's time. It's never pretty, yeah. Especially uh, in the last week or so in Kobe's uh, death. It was, uh, it was right up there. It was up over six hours a day or something crazy like that. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's a notification that I should turn off. But I don't because I kind of want to try to get it down each week. But uh, You need to feel it. Yeah, you do. You need to see it. So you're like, oh, man, i got to get off my phone. Good one. Also a trade deadline, you know? Oh, man, yeah. Increase to everybody, every basketball fan. Uh, Myself, flexing in the mirror. Sometimes my wife will catch me doing some flexing and say something like, you've been doing that for like 30 seconds. (laughs) And I wouldn't have known. I would have just kept going. And so I I stop, ashamed, hang my head, and walk away. But uh, I enjoyed it for the 30 seconds I was doing it. Like while you're working out? No, no, no. Oh, just like uh, passing a mirror. Who works out? Oh. Yeah. Oh, you got a a whole gym in the basement. You're working out all the time. Doesn't mean I work out. Oh, man, really? It looks like you do. It looks Uh, cool. It's like the dungeon down there. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a real rocky situation. (laughs) Yeah, you're like the Hart family. (laughs) With canned LED lights and painted walls and designer couches down there i need a real gym that's why i don't work out yeah. oh but yeah see a mirror just need need a flex because i don't work out it really pulls things up into the right spots nice. what are you flexing mostly here the buys or the tries yeah uh, or chest. <laughs> or oh, I mean, I got a lot of time. Calves? <laughs> Where's this mirror located? It's yeah. a full length. Oh, okay. No, it's not a full length. Yeah. No calves. He's got to get up on a chair to then look <laughs> at his calf. <laughs> nice. <laughs> JD, what about you? Uh, it's Guinness for me. I have an unlimited capacity to drink it. And uh, whenever I get the bill at the end of the night, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I drank how many? How many? Oh, that's funny you say that. I have that receipt where we went out one night, oh, yeah. a couple of us. Uh-huh. I don't know if, if Tass, I think Tass was there, and I think Matty O was there. You were, and we were not going out to eat at all mm. because we didn't. Mm-hmm. All we did was drink Guinness. Mm. And so the receipt is like, it doesn't say like 25 times Guinness for whatever reason they put like Guinness, 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 Guinness. Guinness, Guinness. And then like 20 down, I think it says fish trout. (laughs) Interesting. It's something like that. We got, uh, Matty O must have uh, got a little hungry. Mm. uh, That's that's definitely something he would have ordered. I think it it was something like that. I'll find it on my phone. And then it's like Guinness, Guinness, Guinness. No, yeah. I think it was Great and Gordian. Was it? I don't. <laughs> was that the night we were arguing about uh, Prince and uh, George Michael, who had more hits or something? Uh, I remember that. <laughs> I don't that think Graydon was there, Tass, yeah. because I think we were we were in the Virginia Highlands. Yeah, in that he was there. Th- was he there? Yeah, 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 yeah. that was great. Wow. So he got on the Guinness train. Uh, he must Nobody have. broke the Guinness train. That yeah, was the best yeah. part. Yeah, Guinness, uh, love it. Next one here. 
Andre Drummond shared his thoughts on being traded by the Pistons yesterday, and he was not happy. The Big Penguin tweeted, If there's one thing I learned about the NBA, it's that there's no friends or loyalty. I've given my heart and soul to the Pistons, and to have this happen with no heads up makes me realize even more that this is just a business. I love you, Detroit! <clears throat> Guys, what have you given your heart and soul to over the last seven or eight years? Lee? The three-point shootout at the All-Star Weekend, my personal one. So it's only six years, but... Sure. Man, I tried. Tried to get 20. <laughs> you thought you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. Yeah. 19. Twice. I think I, probably that'll be the last time I do it. Hope not. But if so, that 19. <laughs> <laughs> JD hopes it is. <laughs> yeah. No plans for All-Star Weekend? It's only a week away. JD, what do you got? I wouldn't say no plans. I'd say it's uh, unlikely. But, but what say. happens with this Mountain Dew? Crap. Well, see, that's the thing. I, I would like to try it, of course, for that. Just to see, you know. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, JD, what if you, uh, what if we make a few phone oh, calls? Oh, boy. Mm. You, know, you know people. Hey, you make what, a phone call. Would you drink a full 20-ounce Mountain Dew to no. be able to do the Mountain oh, Dew shot? Sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, if I get to do the whole thing, yeah. Okay. They do have Mountain Dew Zero now, huh? Oh, yeah, zero <laughs> sugar. Yeah, yeah. zero cal. It might, might even be better than the original. <laughs> More yeah, chemicals. Right. Yeah, I know, right. I know. What a con that is. <laughs> no sugar. Jazz? What have I given my heart and soul to? Paperwork. Yeah. God, I love it. You know, coming to the U.S. about uh, seven years ago, <laughs> applying for a work visa, getting a driver's license, applying for health insurance, applying for a social security number, selling a house, applying for a mortgage, applying for a car loan, applying oh for a permanent God. residency, having kids, picking names. Getting their social security numbers. My youngest is starting doing some modeling at one week old. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, the social security number is really paying off. <laughs> uh, you just gave me anxiety, actually, know, saying that. Right? Because I've got green card paperwork to do. I've got taxes, obviously, like everybody else to do. Yeah. Oh, God almighty. Pay someone. I have the exact same answer. Wow. Living in the U.S. is just, <laughs> from the year and a half leading up to it, to today and beyond, is nothing but paperwork and just trying to stay here and work here <laughs> has taken my every bit of my heart and soul. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. That's Death and taxes. Whew. Final one. Let's try and end on a positive note here. <laughs> the NBA trade deadline, it has obviously come and gone, but I'm the commissioner here of this rapid fire, and I say deals still count. So, guys, I want you to make me a trade offer for something I might have that you want, okay? I'm all ears. Have at it. Lee. Well, uh, you like to go for runs. I've never been a jogger in my life. Okay. So I would like to have your jogging ability. And in return, I'll give you a little bit of a bit of beard. Your beard's oh, a little fatty. Oh, I, I, I could use it. Yeah. I could yeah. use it. I, I, I respect There's that some you've... some parts you've, I could really fill in. You, you've, you've leaned into it this year. You've gone for the beard. I think I've got a little bit more coverage than yours. So you're going to give me actually the hair off you. I'm going to fill in the gaps, if okay. you like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, you have to take a few of the greys too, but that's Ooh, fine. That's fine. Yeah, I've already got some of my own of those too. Okay. <laughs> but then I can go for a great jog on Saturday and, you know, have, have a great time. Look, I can beat his offer, man. And I'm slow too. Let me get that running ability. I'll give you my beard. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, this is good. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Let me get in on this. Let me get in on this running thing. Shark tank all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to steal your ability, Skeets. You keep that. Okay. Keep that. Uh, I, I, I just want, I know you've got like multiple running watches, I bet. Like, I, I like jogging to some degree, but I, I'm, I'm not going to go out and buy all the gear. Yeah. I just don't care enough. Yeah. But I want to watch because I don't want to run with my phone. 
I want to watch. Okay, okay. I might be able to help you out. Yeah, now, I think you, you have me? like a third generation sent somewhere in your drawer. I absolutely do. Sweet. I think um, I got a TomTom in some drawer. You're right. TomTom. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'll just give you those wrestlers. I know you want my 30 action wrestlers <laughs> Ooh, from 1980s yeah. and 1990s. If we bargain, I'll throw in the ring. I don't have it. I don't have that anymore. Oh, uh, you said you did have the ring. I, I used I used to have it. Okay, so uh, I have you, the cage. But I'll you got a up. couple Hogan's. You said you got a Macho Man. You got a Brutus the Barber Beefcake. You bet. Okay, I'm interested. You got Andre the Giant? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. No, okay, it's too big for my small hands. Yeah. <laughs> what about your beard? I'm interested in your beard. <laughs> uh, JD, make me a deal. Uh, well, I, I too have a beard I could offer you, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not willing to give it up. Uh, so I would like a little bit of... Your skills behind the mic. You're very good on the mic, and I am not. So I'll take some of that, and in return, do you mean rapping or just podcasting? rapping, <laughs> podcasting, just speaking into a microphone? Oh, I'm stumbling and mumbling a lot. Okay. Uh, so I would like some of that, and in return, I will give you. I don't want to say my musical talent, Ooh. but my sort of my musical sensibility. Like I'm a person who, if there's a guitar sitting in the corner. I'm going to have to at some point get up and play that guitar. Okay. And I think you should be learning the guitar that Matteo gave you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you had a little bit of that, it's like it's like Viagra for your musical uh, 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 interest or your your musical <laughs> desire. I like this. I think we've got something there. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we'll talk uh, off mic for sure. <laughs> right, I, I'm, I'm right. intrigued that. I would love to have your ability. I'd love to. Look, I, I should learn the guitar because I have one. Definitely still interested in learning the drums too, mm. and I know you got that skill. <laughs> got that, yeah. I want to be a one-man band. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, we haven't had an update on Pickin' and Ticklin' for a while. Well, so. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been getting together. No, the only update <laughs> for me is in my bookmarks at the top of my uh, Chrome. It does say guitar lessons. There is a link. <laughs> That's as far as I've gotten. It's there. I look at it every day. Also, right beside it, watch Rad HD. <laughs> and I see you've Googled fish trout. I have Googled fish trout. If you become a good musician, you and JD could form a band. Mm. Okay. J- JD yeah. and the Skeet Shop. Well, it's a bit, it's a, <laughs> and Skeet Shop. I, oh, that's not bad. I haven't done anything with the guitar, but Tass, uh, in, in terms of the tickling, I was the pickling. Uh, um, yeah, you're looking at a bookmark. I'm looking at a mark in my house because oh, there's right. it's sitting there your keyboard yeah i got a keyboard mm. we'll get to it man we'll yeah, get to we'll it get to it all right that's rapid fire that's another classic edition of the drop podcast guys thanks so much for joining us today and all week long don't forget to rate and review no dunks on apple podcast five stars only baby follow us on twitter and instagram at no dunks inc don't be afraid to tweet at us hit us up on instagram in the comments and keep your emails coming no dunks at the athletic.com You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, rate, subscribe. It really helps. Appreciate it. Brace the weekend, people. You could stay.